welcome to the Business Awards Show, where we share valuable information and secret nuggets to get your award entry notice by the judges for all the right reasons. Our weekly episodes also feature inspirational interviews with winners, judges and sponsors. So let's dive in and start your journey to award-winning success. Hello, it's Debbie Gilbert from the Business Awards Show, and I'm also the founder of the Best Business Women Awards. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Barbara, who is the owner of the Wimbledon Music School, and she's also an accomplished cellist. And we're going to be talking about Barbara's business journey and also about her recent win in the Best Business Women Awards for a Silver Award in the Children and Families category. So welcome, Barbara. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, lovely to be here. I was really looking forward to this conversation. Um, and I just with a touch of, you know, uh, pre-recording nerves, I listened to all the previous episodes, <laughs> kind of hoping that I get some tricks um, <laughs> on one, you know, how it oh. sounds like. Well, we start off by talking a bit about your business journey. And mm. um, at just age 22, you took the music school over, Wimbledon yeah. Music School. So that was some um several years ago five years ago now um so tell us a bit about what that was like at just 22 years old buying a business and uh you know having to live up to the standards that the business had built um yes I in a way I always knew from a very young age what I would like to do um so for me it was not necessarily as much of a surprise that I did it quite young it was more of a surprise for everyone else um and uh, I would say in a way as well, I was quite lucky because the opportunity appeared straight after I was at the end of finishing my master's degree. Uh, and it meant that I had a stressful but kind of smooth transition from a student kind of years into the you know proper working world. Um, and it was interesting, especially trying to secure a small business loan as a student. Um, and I, I would also say as a young woman, I, I don't think a lot of people was taking me very seriously. Uh, but luckily, there were some that did. And when that was all approved, I managed to join my previous self-employed business. So I was doing before tutoring cello and piano with the what at the time was the smaller version of Wimbledon Music School. At the time, it only had violin and piano, and it also did not have facilities. So it was uh, run more in a way like majority of other music establishments are run in the UK, so more in a private home kind of basis. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I knew that I, what I want to do with it is kind of go the next step forward where we are a proper music school with our own rooms so that we can provide brilliant facilities for the students. But also, I would say, safe environment for teaching for our teachers, our staff. Um, otherwise, um, I'm sure that people who are taking music lessons or are kind of in this world know a lot about this. But um, in the UK, majority of tutoring is kind of either done at your home or in the meantime, when you have your school and they take you out of other classes so regular music schools where you actually have a building a school that you come in the afternoon or on a saturday it's a fairly rare thing 
And I think that's why we managed to grow so much in the last five years. Um, so we now have, I believe, triple amount of students that we had when I took over. Um, and we now have nine teachers plus me. Um, Amazing. Yeah, um, we are doing well and uh, it's... Um, it's a very enjoyable job to have, really. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. obviously, you took the business over in 2018, and then, of course, the pandemic yeah. hit two years later. Yeah. So, how did that affect you? Did you have to take your lessons online? Yes. Uh, really interestingly, uh, because we were a private school, we I mean, we were kind of seen as a private school, we were quite lucky because it meant that if the schools were open we were allowed to be open, obviously with some, you know, uh, protective measures and stuff like that. But uh, in a, in a, that side of things, I think we got quite the good end of the deal uh, with, um, if you compare us with any other businesses really during COVID. Uh, there were times when we needed to go online and I think it was quite a learning curve for all of us. Um, but I do, I must say, we have a brilliant team of teachers and we managed to do it quite well, actually. And interestingly, I find that parents, in a way, especially when there was no school, they had no clue what to do with their children more at home because they were all, you know, sitting at home. So our, um, I would say the amount of lessons we were giving per week actually increased in the <laughs> online time. Because parents would call me and say, please, can you give us another lesson? Because we don't know what else to do. Mm. Um, and yeah, so, uh, for us, actually, COVID was not detrimental in a business kind of way. Mm. Um, but I am a very big, um, I would say, supporter of that the business like mine is also a community. And I would say that's the part that it's very difficult to do online. So we like when students come to the school, um, we have lovely waiting rooms, uh, parents can speak to each other, we can speak to each other, even if I don't teach someone, I can speak to them. So it's that kind of community, also then concerts, festivals, all of these kind of things kind of fell off. Um, and we are just starting to pick them back up, really. So what sort of uh, instruments do you teach? So you teach cello, and what other, other yeah. instruments? So we also have piano, we have violin um, and viola, we have singing, and we have just recently also got a wind teacher, so flute, clarinet, uh, saxophone and oboe, um, and we will be opening the wind classes in January, actually. Um, so, yes, uh, we have quite options. We did have guitar a while ago, but I must say that's one of the only instruments that did not really stick in a classical way. I find because we, we do teach mostly classical and maybe jazz, musical theatre, but um, I find that everyone who would call up to learn guitar, they would be like, oh, I want to be, I don't know, Ed Sheeran or someone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too interested in you know, the classical side of things, um, so, which is fair enough. It's just uh, probably we are not the appropriate ones then no. for that. So yeah. how old were you when you started playing? Um, so I think playing six, I was six. And when I started going to music school, I was four. Um, I'm not originally from the UK. I'm from Slovenia. It's a very small country kind of in 
uh, well, we, we like to call ourselves Central Europe. I think the rest of Europe uh, says we are Eastern Europe, but, you know, <laughs> it's debatable. Um, but we have a little bit of a different system where music school is a part of a public uh, system. So it's the same as um, primary school, let's say. So when children are four, you can sign up and then you have different classes it's also fairly cheap because it's uh, completely subsidized by government rather than privately funded. Um, and the majority of children start when they're four. And then by the time you're six, you choose your instrument. Um, and then you continue with that, really. Mm, so there's a much greater emphasis in Slovenia on music than there is here, would you say? I would say there's more funding available that is not... Uh, only kind of de dependent on parents mm. themselves. Mm. Um, us as a school, we obviously heavily depend on uh, the parents who pay the fees. Mm. And then we do have some business sponsorships for students who potentially would need scholarships, who could not afford the fees. Um, I work quite hard to try to organize as well some things with the councils because we are kind of on the border between Merton and Kingston Council. So for students who would have special needs, but I would say still in 80%, we even more, I would say 85%, we rely on the, on the fees mm. parents can pay. And that's another thing that I would say in current climate, um, while music lessons, I think can be extremely beneficial and that has been scientifically proven, uh, it's not, <laughs> It's not a necessity in terms of, you know, when you are choosing, oh, we need to pay the bills for food and we need to pay the mortgage and things like that. The music lesson is probably not in the top five. Mm. Um, so we are kind of finding the ways of how really making sure that it's still affordable and we have different options for our mm. students. Um, but, yeah. So if you're sort of thinking if somebody's listening to this and they're sort of thinking oh, about buying a business, what were the key things that you would share that you did when you bought um, this business? I would say you really need to know what you are doing because I was very new to the business side of things, but I was already, I was young, but I started to assist my teachers teaching when I was 14 and I always knew that that is my passion. So in terms of um, being very well versed in what my business is, I think made the whole process much easier. And I was very, very confident that um, I would not fail. I, I don't know how to describe that differently. I did think that it will take us a bit longer to be at the stage that we are now, um, mm -hmm. especially then with COVID hit and everything. But um Overall, I think the confidence that you need a confidence in mm. knowledge and expertise of what you are doing yeah. um, in order to build a business around it. Um, and another advice would be just go to every single bank in person because majority of people will probably laugh you off, but someone won't. Mm. Uh, and you only need one. So mm. you only need one. That's right. So really what you're saying is, your advice would be know the industry quite well if you're buying yes. a business in yes. it and, and yes. understand it because you had that insider knowledge yes. and you were a teacher yourself. You've got presumably yes. a, mu a music degree, did you mention earlier? Yes, yes. I have a music degree uh, from Trinity and I have um, 
from Royal College of Music. I have kind of a joint degree. It's a master's of science and it actually went into, I specialized more on the developmental psychology side because that's kind of my interest. I try to train myself and my team of teachers that we make sure that all our lessons are um, in line with developmental stages of every child. Um, it's it's very important because otherwise, very quickly, music can be seen as, oh, a ch one child is talented and the other one is not, which is not necessarily how we would approach any other teaching. So you would, I mean, some mm. people are more inclined to have talents in some things, but everyone can achieve a good basic or in even intermediate level with proper guidance. Yeah. So what excites you about your business? What is it that you think, oh, wow, you know, I'm doing this and it's amazing. Oh. I must say many things, but mainly working with children and seeing mm -hmm. them grow. Um, last year was my first year that one of my students that I've been teaching for almost 10 years, because they were my first students when I, when I moved here, um, they went to uh, university mm -hmm. and they, they choose a, chose a music degree. Uh, and it, in, in a way, it made me feel old, just slightly. Uh, but, um, in a way, it was kind of the reason why we do all of this. Um, and it's lovely to see everyone, how they progress, how they learn. Um, but also, it's a very enjoyable atmosphere. Mm. So, um, we know each other. I know students' birthdays. We celebrate their successes together. If they struggle with something at school or anything like that, we are there to help as much as we can. Um, and yeah, it's just a very, very pleasant working environment, I would say. And so do you bring the students together for performances once yeah. a year? You do. So I bet that's so a lot have, of work. <laughs> yeah, we have every term, actually. So every oh, term wow. we have a concert. Yeah. And then once a year we do like a festival when we invite uh, people to do masterclasses. Um, we do competitions and things like that. So it, we we do try to give as many opportunities as possible to, to our students. Uh, but also in a way... I think it um, it's beneficial for us as a business to be visible in the community. So we do quite a lot uh, for, I don't know, Christmas fairs and uh, to be involved in summer fairs and then you, to just to be involved with the community. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I think for, for a business like ours, that's, that's probably how people hear about us. Um, I would say we are one of the businesses that don't do too much online marketing and things like that. But um, I would say the word of mouth in the community is the best recommendation we usually get. Yeah, definitely. So awards, how did that appear on your radar? Uh, very interestingly, actually, one of my team members, uh, we were talking about how to raise the um, kind of visibility and the profile of the company. And she mentioned it and I thought, oh, okay, um, do you need to apply for that? You know, I kind of, I don't know why, but I kind of thought that someone just nominates you from somewhere, but that's usually, you know, not, not how it goes. Um, and I started to look into it and I would say the business, the, Best Businesswoman Award kind of stared out because I thought, okay, it's not a popularity contest. So mm. I will not need to share any kind of, oh, please vote for me because that is my biggest nightmare and mm. I would not do it. I, I do not even have Facebook at this time. Um, 
And the second, the second thing was that I thought I started when I started. I do think that being a woman was one of the things that went against me mm. to some extent. Um, I, I do think that uh, currently I, I don't feel that anyway. But maybe it was kind of youth and and being. Mm. Um, so that's why I think I said I'll just put application in and I'll see what happens um, and I was really pleasantly surprised at I don't know just the level of um, uh, the level and the standard of mm. people who attended there with me um, I was really yes amazed at, it gives you inspiration to do mm. then the, the next thing with your business uh, even though their businesses were completely different, but uh, it's really lovely to listen to other women to speak about their businesses with such passion and um, kind of knowledge as well, the expertise that they have. So has it spurred you on to enter other awards now? Yes, it did. It did. <laughs> um, I must say I'm still kind of... Um, I wouldn't say I'm very good at the application process yet. I, I think I, I'm getting better at it. Um, but we currently applied for two more local ones and we'll see what happens with that. Um, and then I need to kind of look into the rest, the rest of the opportunities that are there, really. And did you share the win with all your students? Did you tell them? We did. Oh, that's actually a fairly funny story. So, you know, the little silver star. Yes. So we have it on uh, the school. We have like a wall of fame. And um, uh, usually it's for students who kind of whoever's the student of the week or student, you know, they have the thing. So I put the star there. And yesterday I had one little student. I think she's around six. And she said, oh, wow, daddy, look, Barbara won Dancing with the Stars. They get behind <laughs> the awards there. And I was like, uh, no, definitely not Dancing with the Stars. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it is, it's nice for them to see. Um, and mainly they just enjoy taking pictures with it. Um, yes. Yeah, and I think it's a good validation of your work. Yes. And, you know, we do know from research that when people are looking at making decisions about where to, you know, place their children, mm -hmm. um, the fact that you've won an award does add to your credibility. Yeah. Um, you know, it means your business has been externally judged. So now, you you know, you're on a playing field as a businesswoman as well as yeah. a cellist. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're great at what you do with the cello, but you've also now been recognised as a businesswoman as well, which is completely different. Um, but you've yeah. merged the two together. And I think that's... Yeah. Um, you know, that's critical to continuing your business success, really. So what are the long term plans? What would you like to to do with the Wimbledon Music School? So I would say in terms of Wimbledon Music School, we would like to continue to grow to offer as many uh, students as possible our um, lessons, our services. Um, we are currently planning that we are increasing students on around 15 to 20 percent mark year per year. Um, and that is kind of, um, I, I think, what we have been achieving up to this point. I would say on a more broader way, um, kind of on more on my side, is that um, I'm now starting to see as well that if I want to offer the same standard of what we are doing to all the students, we will need to look more into teacher training and maybe work more on that side of the things. So I'm also now starting to put together a program 
where we would be offering it to teachers, even if they're not teaching with us, um, on what we do. So basically what I was saying before in terms of developmental stages, and there is, I will not bore you with the details, but there is there has been a certain kind of approach to teaching music and instruments for I would say centuries at this point um, and quite a lot it has of it has been based on the fact that uh, people need to have a lot of support at home so what we try to do is to really make sure that even for parents who have no clue about music they've never played an instrument they don't maybe have a lot of time because they need to work so they can't sit with a child and practice every half an hour uh, that we make sure that those children can progress as well um and yeah so that is kind of the long-term plan to not only increase the school as such uh, but also kind of our good practice to whoever's interested basically mm-hmm. Sounds amazing. Well, it's been great chatting to you today. Um, Is there any lasting little tips that you'd like to share um, for anybody who's in that early stage journey of their business? What's kind of helped you through? I would say just don't give up. I I would say that's the main thing. And um, I, uh, people usually laugh at this, but I always say that if you if you have plan a you always need to have plans for everything but you also but you also need to know that the it will never go by the plan that you decided so you need to have plan a b c d and you just go through them as as it happens um and i think that is probably the most important thing to be organized and disciplined but also very adaptable i think if you have those three components then and obviously i would say expertise in whatever you do mm. but um yeah I, I think those are the main components but the main thing is just to not give up and keep going because yeah I think it's worth it I, I think it's really worth yeah. it no it is and your passion really comes across yeah. really does and I think adaptability in business you know I'm, I'm in my 25th year of business this year I can't actually believe that um and the awards have been going nine years and I think you have to think on your feet and I think the pandemic taught us that if you haven't yeah. learned that lesson that's when you learn it that you know yeah. we don't know what's around the corner um yeah. And I guess as well with you, with working with children and working alongside the curriculum that's being delivered in schools to do with music, you have to be a bit congruent with that. And, you know, it's great because I love to see businesses that are working with the the performing arts is such an undervalued subject in schools. (laughs) And it's so important. And we want to see that continue. And it's companies like yours that are supporting our next generation of orchestras, which is amazing. There's nothing like listening to an amazing orchestra, is there? It's it's incredible. Great lessons in teamwork as well. Yes. And also, I think just in general, um, you know, skills like... uh, time management, Mm. uh, how to be efficient, uh, how to project manage, you know, how to uh, set your priorities. We teach quite a lot of through our lessons, you know, how to practice and how Mm. to practice. It's very similar to how to build a business. You need to go step by step and each block needs to be done before you join them all together. So I think there's a lot of life lessons that can be pulled Mm. from, from music lessons um but yes as well if we do not teach the next generation um 
of musicians, then, I mean, computers can do a lot, but I think there is something with art that they will never be able to recreate yeah. as much as a live orchestra can. Yeah, it's just that whole atmosphere, isn't it? It's what a live orchestra can create that all the AI and all the technology in the yeah. world can't do. So, yeah, amazing. Lovely to chat to you, Barbara. I wish you continued success with the music school. And Thank I'm you. sure we're going to be hearing of more awards being put onto that shelf at the school. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Business Awards show. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others and post about it on social media or leave a rating or review. To catch all of the latest information and show notes, please go over to our website, businessawardshow.co.uk. Thank you.